before this reading, when John is in the wilderness preaching near the Jordan River, he is shouting out, repent, which we know means change your mind, change your thinking, turn around, reimagine your reality, see the world differently. It's a great story for the new year, isn't it? Here we are, only the eighth day into it. And a New Year's resolution is pretty much the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a, I've got to change my thinking. I've got to do things differently. I've got to promise myself that I will lose weight, exercise more, read better books, whatever it is, spend more time with the people I love. Whatever the New Year's resolution is, it's about the time of the year when we do these sorts of stock takes, isn't it? There's a great New Yorker cartoon I saw this week that has two people sitting on the beach sipping drinks under umbrellas and uh, the caption is, oh no, we're still us. (laughs) Baptism doesn't actually do anything, does it? It's not a thing that something magical happens. What it is, is it's a sign of something else. It's a public sign a little bit like a really decent New Year's resolution. It's no good telling yourself, I'm going to do or I'm not going to do, whatever it is. You really have to tell somebody else, don't you? And if you tell someone who cares, cares enough about you, they will maybe keep you up to it, even if you don't want them to. In the middle of February, they'll say, you know, you said back in uh, early January you were going to do, how's that going? And then depending on how well it's going, depends on whether you're polite to them or tell them to go away and leave you alone. It's a, and baptism is that. It's a public declaration of something else that's happened. Because everybody wants change. Nobody wants to imagine that all of the negative things that we did in 2022, we will continue on into 2023. We surely hope for the ability to change. And baptism is, of course, an ancient rite. It goes back... Um, many hundreds and possibly thousands of years prior to Jesus' baptism. Um, there's some allusions to it in the, in the Hebrew scriptures. There's the story of Naaman um, washing in the river uh, to cleanse him of leprosy and a bunch of others. It, and of course it's an ancient right because we have never been any different than the desire to be, to be changed and to be different and to grow differently. That's the way John did it. And people, it says, came from all over Jerusalem and the whole of Judea in order to be baptised because everybody wants to be able to mark a change, whether it's a New Year's resolution or a baptism. And John said this prior to the reading we've got, I baptise you with water for repentance, change of thinking, change of mind. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The difference between a fire baptism and a water baptism is the difference between, well, fire and water. They're completely different to each other. Something is, the metaphors that we've been offered here should wake us up. Wait a minute, whatever John was doing, which we all long for, which we've always participated in in for centuries. And then what Jesus is doing is something different. 
Water baptism is about washing, of course. It's about coming up out of the water refreshed and renewed, clean. Fire baptism is about refining. And this is a great metaphor for the Jews who were listening to John because this is, it was talked about by the prophets all the way through the Hebrew Scriptures that there, are, there comes a time when you need to have fire to refine down to who you truly are, to burn away all the rubbish, all the other stuff, and find out who am I in myself? Who is the true spirit of me? And some of us have that experience when we have an illness that, that comes upon us at any time. All the things that we're good at doing, we can't, at least for a time, do them. All the things that we've, all our capacity for managing the world falls away for a time and perhaps for a long time. So who am I in that? To refine is to burn off all the dross, to get to the truth. And that's not easy. We, can, we can't hold the illusions that we hold. Water baptism is a sign of a decision made. I have decided to change the way I think. I'm tired of thinking this way. I'm tired of being this way. I am going to make a change. I'm going to make a resolution. And baptism is a sign of that. But fire baptism is a sign of a truth that's much deeper that begins to dawn on you. It's a sign of a truth dawning that's already existed. The truth that's pre-existing me and my thinking. And we get that in this story because there's a voice from heaven and Jesus hears it and possibly other people, it's not clear whether they do or not. This is my son, the beloved, in whom I delight or in whom I am well pleased. This is the pre-existing truth in Jesus' life. He didn't do anything at this point. He got born, which really wasn't a lot of effort on his part. Huge effort on the part of his mother. And he didn't die up until the point of his baptism. That's all his life has achieved, if you like. And yet here in this moment, having done nothing of significance, he, turned, he, he discovers that he is son of God, that he is beloved, and that God is pleased. Fire baptism is not a sign of something done, but of something given. It's the original gift, the gift that God gave all of creation when over and over in the first story of creation in Genesis 1, God says, I did this and it's good. I did this and it's good. I did this and it's very good. Fire baptism, the way Jesus is going to bring it to us and the rest of Matthew's Gospel plays around with this, is an experience of the deep DNA of the universe being in me. The universe began in an enormous fireball, as far as we understand at the moment, what that we currently call the Big Bang, as if that means we understand it, and of course we don't. But that same energy that fired the universe is firing the synapses in your brain in every moment of your life. It's the same energy. It, the universe's DNA is in us. 
God's DNA is in us. That's what fire baptism is. It's not a decision that we make, although that's a good thing to do. And if you've made a couple of New Year's resolutions, I hope you're able to stick with them. But they, they do point to something real and meaningful in your life if you've done that. But fire baptism is a reminder that you already are the beloved of God. And we need that experience. We need that to be refined in us. Otherwise, we've got all kinds of tricks that we tell ourselves about how unworthy we are, about how when I compare myself to real spiritual people, how unspiritual I am, how unchristian I am, how uncaring I can be. How I do that all the time. Comparing myself all the time to other people. What if it is true that deep within me I am already the beloved of God I am already child of God I'm already like God just like I look like my dad and I act like my mum not because I plan to but because they are in me we are children of God This is the fire energy that Jesus calls the Spirit of God, that the Gospel of John calls the Logos, the pre-existing energy of the world, that the letters of John called love. The whole purpose and energy of the universe is love. And that the Apostle Paul called the Christ. It's all speaking to the same thing. The baptism of fire that Jesus brings is the baptism, if you like, of realisation of who we are, what it means to be alive in God's world as God's people. And we've sort of got a choice. We can begin the year simply hoping that our resolutions is enough. And that's, I don't know about you, that's hard for me. I've been at this for years now. And every year I think, yes, there are things that I do not want to do anymore and I'm not going to do them. And there are things that I do want to do with greater purpose and I am going to do them. And nearly all the time I fall over and don't do it. Or I don't. I fall back into old habits and old ways, old patterns of thinking. I, keep, I want to keep doing that and it's important to keep doing that to make those resolutions and to do that work of reimagining myself as who I could be. But there's something deeper going on. I need to reimagine myself in the truth of being child of God, beloved of God, and someone in whom God delights. Think about someone in whom you delight. It might be a grandchild or a great-grandchild. It might be a niece or a nephew. It's often little kids because they're so full of life. But it could be anyone. Someone in whom you delight. If you delight in someone, you want to be with them. When you think about them, they give your life energy in that moment. You treasure them. They're precious. If this is true, that's how God thinks about you. If that isn't a good start to the year, I have no idea what could be. Children of God, 
the beloved in whom God delights.